Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy, it's the track goal! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana and Tom. We are the Borough Podcast that gives you the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of Middlesbrough Football Club. And if you haven't listened to our podcast before... Uh, welcome, and if you've listened to us many, many times, welcome back. And also, if you haven't followed follow us on YouTube or on the podcast apps, make sure you do that. We've got plenty of guests coming on. We've definitely got one announced tomorrow, due out on Wednesday. So make sure you look out for our socials for that. But anyway, let's chat about the Borough. Well, Middlesbrough lost 2-0 yesterday to Barnsley. Um, and made it one point in the last four games, ultimately ending all of our playoff chances. Dinner. We'll kick things off with you. A game yesterday which definitely wasn't one for the neutral. <laughs> um, how would you assess the performance yesterday? I kept hearing people say, well, Barnsley style of play, Barnsley playing long ball, Barnsley going direct. But we played more long balls than them. So what was our excuse? You know, we had the players to play a different way and we had the players to play the ball along the floor and get in behind and we just never did that. And the pace of Cabano... Um, what more at Pom Spence and we just hoofed it long and if Barnsley were doing it too it made for an abject game but they had the quality at the end of the day they've got Dal DK who's coming from the MLS and started in the championship like a house on fire and then what have we got up front it was it was absolutely toothless and then defensively mistakes rife again um, it was just it just wasn't a good performance from Borough and, and very disappointing yeah it's interesting um, like you mentioned the, like, the defensive fragility to be honest because we were so strong there last year, and sorry, last year, but pretty much the start of this season, the back end of last season, where we started to improve under Warnock, and now it seems to be a, a, a very much a bit of a weakness to us now. Uh, Tom, how would you assess Barnsley's style of play? Because Dana alluded to it there. Borough hit more long balls yesterday than what, what Barnsley did, and Barnsley is supposed to be this very long ball, direct side. Um, why do you think teams are struggling against them? I don't know. I think we just struggled to break them down yesterday, and it seemed to be effective for them. Um, you know, they, they were quite compact at, at the back. Did a, a good job of taking the ball off us uh, at that point, and then it's it's balls up quite direct. Um, uh, DK was was quite good at holding the, the ball up up front, and yeah, they just they did it better than us. Um, but. As Dana's just said, there we had the players to to play a different way. I think if we had played a different way, we might have. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say a different result because a lot would rely on different kind of variables for that. But it might have given us a better chance because we we didn't give ourselves a chance with the way we were playing yesterday compared to how they did it. Yeah, we we, we definitely did give ourselves a chance. I can't remember us making a getting a shot on target. To be honest, apart oh, from the Savile yeah, header, the Savile. There was another one because I was looking at the post match stats. It said two shots on target, but. I couldn't tell you the second one. The second shot. Did we even get anywhere near close to their goal in the second half? It didn't feel like it, to be honest. It really didn't, did it? I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to like rack my brain to actually think of any chances that we created. But Tom, the the two goals we did give away, uh, an error from Bettinelli again with the Alex uh, Mauer score from a corner and Daryl Dyke obviously cl- uh, scoring from close range, giving them the victory. 
We've just said it from there about the defence, but why do you think this side is, is starting to leak so many goals now, especially given the start of the season we were so strong? I don't I don't want to kind of blame it all on on Bettinelli, but I, I think the goalkeeper could could be like a, a big part of this. I think you you only have to look our past history to to look back at how a good goalkeeper can can make a difference. Um, you, you look at the difference between when we had Jason Steele compared to when we brought in Shea Given, and it was pretty much the same defence. It was the same season. You know, we were all celebrating Jason Steele as this great shot stopper and stuff, but he didn't inspire confidence in in the defence where Shea Given did. I feel like Bettinelli might not inspire confidence in in our defence. I mean, an example of that yesterday would be the mix up between Hall and Bettinelli, where Bettinelli end up uh, booting through through Dika. Um, you know, you, you need a strong presence in goal to either say leave it. Um, you know, because because Hall had, had that covered uh, up until he seen Bettinelli run out. But you know, I think a stronger presence might have uh, prevented that. So I'd, I'd be interested to see. Next season, if if we can get a, a bit of a stronger, more vocal presence in goal, if he could uh, organise the defence a bit better there, because that that seemed to be an issue for me yesterday. Well, we'll come on to, uh, to transfers in a little bit later on, but <coughs> then <laughs> better Nelly. Yeah. I, I just want to. I just wanna, I'm, I'm looking at you. As soon as I mentioned his name, you you you, you didn't look too pleased. But should we discuss him a little bit before we move on to Brit? We can do, yeah. I mean, I checked again about the save ratio. Still the worst in the championship for keepers that have played 20 or more games. And, yeah, we, it, he's vocal. I'll, I'll give him that. He's vocal. And, and that's what you need from a goalkeeper. But also, like Tom said, I think he needs to inspire confidence and he just doesn't. And at the end of the day, goalkeepers should save your points, not cost your points. And that's what Marcus Bettinelli is doing. And I suppose it was to be expected given the way that he, that he exited Fulham in the end and how uh, Marit Rodak took his place. But it's, yeah, he, he's not been great this season and I, I wouldn't imagine that Neil Warnock would keep him on for next season. I can't see it either, to be honest. Um, just given that his, his current performance said, I don't think he's been as strong as, as what we kind of wanted, really. Um, when, he, when he first came in, you thought it's a really shrewd signing. I didn't. Uh, you didn't? I thought it was good. I thought it was a good bit of business. I thought he'd be he'd do all right. Go go pair of England twenty ones. You know he's got some promotions under his belt. I thought it would be a, a fairly decent signing to come in. I appreciate you might not be as strong as what it's probably what strong as, as Randolph was, but you thought you know it's it's quite a good transition or a, a transition that we might potentially have. And given that we didn't think that Ainsley Pears was ready either, it made sense to probably to bring someone more experience in but it's a shame that it hasn't really worked out for him but we'll come on to goalkeepers a little bit later on but I want to chat about uh, Britt first Dana it saw him come back into the fold yesterday after Neil Warnock said that he's pretty much done with the club were you surprised that he even got he got game time yesterday? Mm, not really because I think he did say in his pre-match interview that he was probably going to get a, a game and I think he said something along the lines of don't be surprised if Britt you know, gets a, a look in towards the end of the season and I think you've got a point about it the FA uh, Youth Cup fixture or something like that probably meant that that Josh Corburn and uh, maybe an, another player that could have been on the bench from the under-23s just weren't there so I think the lack of options probably meant that he was going to get an opportunity but I'm sort of thinking what's the point? You know, what's the point with Britt? What's the point in playing him, ref? <laughs> exactly. But like, what's the point in playing both Britt and Fletcher? I mean, Fletcher in particular, actually, because he's waiting until the end of the season to decide his future. That, to me, well, I mean, that's indecision, first and foremost. And that just indicates to me that he's not fully into being here at the moment. So if he's not fully into being here at the moment, and you know, we can't carry passengers, we can't carry people that are waiting for you know next season where they might not be at the club. So I think both of them, I understand why they came on yesterday, because we didn't have the options. But from... From now on, I, I do kind of want to see the youngsters give, uh, given a chance. Yeah, it'd be something I'd like to see as well. Uh, but the the aspect of those players that are out of contract, we haven't got a lot of youth players that are probably ready to play yet. It makes you worry of like what how, what the size of the squad we've got left and who pretty much wants to play for us, to be honest. It's, it's, it's such a strange scenario for us to be in. Um, but I can't probably see any of the... You, you, thinking maybe Johnson but apart from that I can't really see 
any of them staying on, to be brutally no, honest either. with you. Um, I think like, it's a massive window for us uh, in, in the summer to try and hopefully rebuild again. But then again, I worry a little bit because Warnock's only there for a year. Who is he going to bring in? Are we going to bring them in on quite big contracts or are we not going to bring them on big, quite big contracts? And when Warnock does leave, are we going to be stuck with 11 planks of wood? Do you know what I mean? Because... Yeah. Neil Warnock's sides aren't really the most mobile and athletic and energetic and nimble and very crisp passing. They're very get the ball along, try and get in and around the box and cause something to happen. But mm. it'd be interesting to see how we how we go. But we've got our transfer suggestions, so we do. I keep saying we're going to come. We'll keep coming with, but it, <laughs> it's wait for it because it'd be quite good. Um, but Tom, speaking of shots and saying that we don't really create much anyway, um, but had seven shots. Um, I've had sorry, sorry, I've had seven shots on target. In the last four games, so so what? Three hundred and sixty minutes of football, maybe. Yeah, three hundred and sixty minutes of football and seven shots on target. It really shows that Borough have a significant weakness going forward, don't they? Definitely, I think it's that weakness is just creating clear cut chances, and I think it's because we don't have the players to play the style that we want to play alongside other teams probably figuring us out. I think a lot of teams in the games I've been watching recently know that we're going to cross it, so they just have people in the box expecting that cross. And you know, sometimes we'll we'll get lucky. There'll, there'll be a bit of good positioning, like Balassi's goal against uh, Wofford. A lot of the time, they just cut it out though. And you know, we've got players like Akpom up front who would benefit more from being played through or having the ball at his feet or low crosses, but we just don't do it. Even when we're in the position to do the low crosses, like I said, other teams have figured us out, so they're in the, those positions to to cut it out. I think next season um, we need to get the players in who can not only create from crosses but create through the middle as well, because that's for me somewhere we're lacking at the moment. Yeah, uh, it, it's hard. I disagree with you. To be honest, I, I tweeted yesterday that it's so. I feel so sorry for True Rackpom because it's it's so difficult to get your, your head on the end of a end of a cross when it's six foot over your head. You know what I mean? It's, He's not. He's not getting the chances. He's not getting the ball to his feet. And I'd be interested to see how many touches he had yesterday because I can't remember. <clears throat> Must have. Can't be many. He was anonymous, wasn't yeah, he? But, but, it, but it's I, not, I don't think it's his fault. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. Like, yeah, I think Tuba is. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an okay signing. Is he a sign? Is he a sign that's going to get Millsbury at the Premier League? Probably not. Um, and I think he'd be a good signing to have, you know, like that, sec- that second, third choice. But we did pay two million for him, and it's a bit of a, a bizarre signing given that Warnock was saying that he was his main centre forward. And since Warnock doesn't look at stats, then it also makes you wonder, right? Okay, well, what's he really seen Chubrakpom on? And um, but Dana, have you got his uh, touches for yesterday? <laughs> yeah, eleven. Eleven touches in ninety minutes, or in yeah. about seventy minutes. Yeah, eleven touches in yeah seventy minutes exactly. Yeah. So and two accurate passes. Oh, so it's, it's all right. It's maybe, what, 1.1 touch every 10 minutes that he was on the pitch, maybe? Some of that like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's it's frustrating. I'd be frustrated if I was a striker and player in this team and we don't create chances. And when we do create chances, it's not to the players that we need it to fall to. And then when you think of probably... Uh, and he said Marvin Emnes there, Marvin Johnson. <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's the goal scorer machine that we need for maybe, this season. Maybe. <laughs> Project Emnes. Maybe that is what we need. We need Project Emnes to come back and resurrect our season. But <laughs> I said Marvin Johnson on the... It's because he's on the screen in front of me. Um, uh, the Well, with Marvin Johnson, like, what? He's joint third in uh, goal contributions this season. We'd have... You know, he's got three goals, four assists. I think we look more dangerous when he's on the football pitch. And we're not playing him, so it makes me think that is he probably out the window as well? Is he, is he gone? And we have to look for someone else. But overall, guys, do you think that following that performance yesterday, do you think that the, the players have pretty much down tools now and want the season to be over and want to go on elders? I'd say so, yeah. I, I'd even go as far as saying, and I don't know whether this is just merely reactionary for the past couple of games, but the past couple of games have been a disgrace the application of the the players I mean it's disappointing especially from Warnock as well because I think Warnock's thrown the towel in as much as the players have and it started with that Bournemouth game because that Bournemouth game was probably our last roll of the dice to get playoffs and I know it was a slim chance but it was still a chance nonetheless and when you needed Borough to stand up and fight for it 
they just cowered into the corner and whenever we go to the vitality you need to fight and we just didn't and it was so lethargic and pedestrian and, and pre-season almost and that's why I'd say Borough have been since Bournemouth uh, Watford I remember tweeting in the first half that they just don't look arsed and of course the footballing gods said screw you Dana and then we equalised then people were in my mentions saying oh you should delete this now and I was like oh yeah fair enough but at the time I was thinking these don't look like they're fully into this game it just looks so lethargic and yeah, I think the, the I don't know the application in the past couple of games has been has been really bad. Um, I would say, and if the performances are like that, especially yesterday, then Borough are going to have to hope there are no fans in the Riverside because I don't think they'll stand for that. I think it'll get really toxic. Would you say we've been found out a little bit? Mm, potentially, but I also think that, and we were talking about this in the car, weren't we? We've regressed since January, and I'm not—I really don't know why. Um, you know, before that we were good, and we we went on that. I think it was ten game unbeaten run or something earlier on in the season. And even when that ended, we still looked quite good. And then after that, we've just tailed off completely. And you're thinking, right? We've addressed the problem with wingers. We've brought in options that Neil Warnock now has that he didn't before, and we've gone backwards. Yeah, we have. Tom, would you echo Dana's thoughts there? Would you say that Borough have went backwards and do you think they've down tools for the remainder of the season? Um, yeah, I, d- I definitely say we went backwards since January. I think that, that's obvious. We had a, a bit of a bad spell in, in January. Typical Borough, we, we usually do anyway. At the end of January, Warnock was saying, oh, I tend to get better results in February. So I was like, right, here's hoping. Hasn't even carried on. Um, fair enough, we've had some you know, bad bad results yeah. uh, in that time uh, you know other, other factors couldn't necessarily have a knock on players confidence such as getting booted in the face and <laughs> the Blackburn game for Fry and stuff like that but it, it's it's not a, not an excuse for the three months that we've been playing in terms of down until till the end of the season I'd, I'd agree with um, with you guys that, that Warnock's kind of thrown the white flag in on that one and the players kind of look they're playing like how I feel at the moment, where it's just like, oh god, another Borough game. For we got five to go, can we not just do like a footy manager and like go on holiday at the end of the season and just start Same. again? So yeah, give it Ryan Jepsen in the season. <laughs> I'll give it a Leo or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that Middlesbrough have pretty much down tools now. I feel like the season's over. And if I'm honest, I felt like the season was over before probably the Bournemouth game anyway, because I couldn't see us getting many points from these last three games at all. I think that. This side is probably punching above its weight in terms of the whole season. I think that, if anything, Borough should be a, a second, bottom half of the table side, to be honest. I, I don't think we've got the the quality there. I think we're very fortunate to have one, because I know how he gets results in this, in, this, in this division. But I think if anyone else, I think we would be really, really struggling. I think we'd probably be towards like the, the bottom bottom quarter or bottom third of the table and oh, we could well be because I, I think we should, to, to be honest it's where we probably deserve to be to be honest because after so many years of trying to do shortcuts and trying to have like I don't know what's the, what's the term uh, square pegs around yeah square pegs around uh, whatever that whatever that term is <laughs> yeah. we've been pretty much just putting a plaster over a few things and making sure we are we'll do all right you never know we might go up next next year but I think Borough have just are stuck in a transition and kind of like a, a now what moment of where do we go next? We've got Warnock in next year for, for one single season. I mentioned earlier, he could sign eight or nine signings that might not fit with the next manager comes in and then we're exactly where we were under Pulis and then Woodgate took over and we've achieved nothing in that time. We've just competed, lost a lot of cash because of COVID <coughs> and then that's pretty much it. So... I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, mm. What you going to say something there, Dana? Yeah, I was going to add, add on to the end of your point there if, if we're in the same position. I genuinely think that we're not... Like, I don't think we've made great strides forward this season. And I read a, a piece in the Gazette that said so. And I remember saying at the beginning of the campaign, as long as we improve, I'll be happy. Yeah. I don't care about league position as long as we improve. Individually, the likes of McNair, Baller, Dyke, Steele, um, they've improved massively. I think Fry's really come into his own this season. But we still have the age-old problems. We still can't score goals. Come the summer, we we still won't have any wingers because the wingers will have all gone back to their parent clubs and then Nathaniel Mendes hangs out of contract. There are still mistakes that are being made and costly mistakes that are being made. I remember looking at my um, post-season notes from last, last season about three quarters full 
uh, a page of just mistakes that cost us goals last season, that would probably be the same length if I was to do it for this season. And then we still don't have any leaders. You know, we we still haven't rectified the issue of not having, you know, a proper captain to sort of stand up and, and be like a lead bitter almost. And then the goalkeeping situation hasn't been sorted either. So when Bettinelli goes back, we're going to be looking for another keeper. So well, we don't have our three of us. So we, the only keeper that we've got is Dianovic that's going to come back. And then we'll come on to Stojanovic next, actually, then. Um, and we've got Sol Brin. And, and, and that's it. We don't really have a, mm. a proper number one. And it, that's a bit of a worry for me and I, I agree with you I think we have improved from last year we've become harder to beat we've been able to grind out results which yeah, we needed at the time because we couldn't under Woodgate um, and seeing Woodgate do reasonably well now at Bournemouth shows that it probably was the, the player quality you know what I mean like, if you have a lot of good quality players it, I appreciate it might be easier to manage you're probably dealing with different like problems like egos and, and stuff like that but yeah, it, it, it's an interesting scenario for Borat B, and I think we have improved next year. I'm probably not going to put a title on the line, but <laughs> I can't see us. I can't see us getting anywhere near um, being promoted. I think with the teams that are coming down as well, mm. you know, Chef United. I don't know who they'll probably bring in next year, but um, I can't see them stick with Heckenbottom, and they've got a good crop of players there. You've got West Brom and under Sam Allardyce, and he looks like he wants to stay for next year. And when we were speaking to Robbie Stockdale, he's saying that they have a very, very good squad that just couldn't finish, and then they went and scored five against Chelsea. Um, <laughs> the Robbie Stockdale, Robbie Stockdale effect. Yeah. Um, it, to be fair, he did say it was off air that they were, they were going to get a big result soon, but I just don't think anyone expected it to be Chelsea away. No. And they're difficult. And then you got Fulham as well, and I know they've brought in like a few loans and stuff like that, and they'll have Cabano back. They look a strong side, and I really like Scott Parker as well. I think he's a great gaffer. Um, but then again, appreciate they've got a little bit of a gap on Newcastle at the moment. But for me, I think Newcastle at the sides. I think they were getting beat off Berlin when we before we went on there. So you worry about them coming down. If they come down, then that's a massive club. Then and then you've got the teams that who don't go up, and then they're probably a lot better than what we are. So for me, I think we're a, a mid-table side for at least a couple more years before we can even progress. I think and. It's it's not thrown on the towel already, but I think that's probably the most realistic ob- objective that we're going to be. So I'm not too sure about that because I've I've read in a few places recently that the the reason Warnock's agreed to stay on next season is to try and you know challenge for automatic promotion. And with his comments after the game yesterday at House and saying you're going to enjoy next season and and stuff like that, I feel like he would have had assurances that he can bring in the players to to challenge for, so. for automatic promotion mm. if he's he's putting that type of noise out. I, I, I'd hope so. I mean, I don't think Warner could. St- I think you're right, Tom. I don't think Warner could stay if we if we didn't have a chance. I think he's overachieved this year, and, and credit to him. Like we have overachieved, but I, I still stick to the point. I don't think we're we're ready for promotion. I don't think the club's ready for promotion because if we were to go up, you got Warnock there again. And it's like mm, we could have one more year of Warnock. Is he going to stay? Is he not going to stay? His record in the Premier League is not that good. And you, you, you've got to think of these like different scenarios of where can we go and what will happen if we lose a manager because we don't want to go up to the Premier League again and do exactly what we did, spend a lot of money on players, have just like combustion in the middle of the season and then be stuck give it with... Steve Agnew. And then give it to St- Steve again, you know what I mean? So as much as I think Steve Agnew is a great coach, he's never a manager. And that's like yeah. what I speak to um, the guest with, who I already spoke to last week about... Um, see, I was going to name drop there, and I was like, I can't do it. We, we <laughs> promised, we promised we wouldn't say anything. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting to see where Bora are. But um, we spoke anywhere on Twitter this week around signings and how how many signings we might potentially need for this for, to get a promotion. So I'm going to put the question to you, and um, before we go on to find your you know players that you'd probably want to bring in, um, Dana, how many signings do you think Bora need to actually, you know? Get Neil Warnock's wish and go for the uh, for the promotion places. Um, I'll map it out out loud now. Goalkeeper probably, unless Stjanovic is going to make the step. Or oh, is it two goalkeepers? Seven goalkeepers? Nine? <laughs> <laughs> we could be. A team just, of goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, do it twenty periods, but except loads of centre midfielders, loads of goalkeepers. But definitely at least one goalkeeper. Um, and then I would say centre half. Yep. I would say, ooh, a number ten to sort of cover for, for Tav and then maybe ooh, two or three wingers and then two strikers I think I've got eight I think that's a lot 
Yeah, but to be fair, I, I think I think we need about eight signings, eight or nine signings, because yeah. you think about it, we don't have the depth already. We need a bit of quality, but then to come back on your point, do we have the finances to pull off eight signings? That's well, true. Given that we're losing probably Brit, Fletch, Neymar, and 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 the rest, like we might have some finances there, but we probably need eight signings minimum. And then you think, well, what about the people that are leaving? Like, do we have to like? cover that as well or do you know what I mean so we could look for like 10 signings but then it's like a whole new team <laughs> and then you think right okay we've just brought in 10 8 to 10 signings they need time to gel they probably need a year themselves so unless Warlock's a magician and getting them to feel really comfortable straight away it's a bit of a worry isn't it and Tom how many, how many do you think we need well I've just looked at my notes there for potential signings and I've got 11 but some <laughs> of those are de- uh, deaf options as well so I wouldn't say it's like replace the, the full 11 um, yeah that, that's how many I've got uh, going into postseason well since you've got 11 there and you've got the, the notes in front of you do you want to say who you'd probably want to bring in next season yeah sure so when I've been looking at this I've been kind of sticking to a set criteria Warnock said six foot blonde <laughs> <laughs> loves golf on weekends <laughs> sunsets on the beach steak medium rare well, ste- other than that <laughs> um, hang on did I have sauce with the chips no vinegar <laughs> only vinegar <laughs> Um, right, so I, I've been looking at, at what Warnock has been saying in, in interviews we need, which is players in the prime of the career, certain age, championship experience, but then also combine that with the fact that we financially probably don't have a lot of money. So I think there's only about two or three of these where we'd actually have to pay fees for them. But what I've got, Bielkowski, as I mentioned last week, Great last show. year of his contract at Millwall, Hopefully, should be um, a cheap fee. Amari Bell on a free from from Blackburn. For me, mm-hmm. looking at the the left back spot, and I'm looking at okay. two players for for every position here. We've got Bowler, who's out and out left back, and for me, has come on quite well this season. But Neymar and Hayden Coulson aren't the competition. I think and you need to push him as well. You don't want a James Husband scenario where <laughs> Husband came in, you thought, oh, he's going to push George Friend, and then never got looking. But so yeah, exactly. Good, good name drop, that one, it. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So good name drop. I'd want them two battling for the left back spot. Um, on the wings, uh, Adam Reach, free transfer from from Sheffield United. Mendes Lang and Balassi, both free transfers. Uh, but failing that, uh, if if the finances are too much for them two, Junior Hoylett and Kadeem Harris, both free transfers. Uh, I think Naby Sar from. From Huddersfield, uh, shout. Uh, last year of his contract, I think when when I've looked at him this morning, six foot five, good with the ball at his feet. Like I, rem- I remember watching him when he was playing for Charlton. He, Charlton, he, yeah, he, he really was, good, didn't he? Yeah, I rated him at that point. So last year of his contract, hopefully that'd be uh, quite a cheap fee and get him there as as competition at centre back. Barry Bannon and Alex Moore, to both free transfers, uh, both out of contract at the end of the season. Fair enough, Alex Moore depends if Barnsley go up or not. Um, but yeah, you'd think with the the money we're saving on fees there, we could maybe make it up in in wages and stuff for them. Um, Ik Piazu from from Wickham. Um, hopefully that'd be a cheap fee, uh, considering he hasn't actually scored a lot of goals this season, and they look like they're going down. He'd fit right in them, wouldn't he? He doesn't score many goals. You <laughs> <laughs> bullied McNair to be fair when we played. Yeah, that little, that, that little that's kind of what I'm like. I'm <laughs> basing it on. Like he, he did. Uh, Bully McNair when when we went to um, what was it New Year's Day or, or the day after scored against us I think um, mm. so you know he scored four goals a season and typically one of them was against <laughs> us um, but also goal machine you you know in that Wickham team you you could have any striker up front, uh, up front and they're going to struggle uh, to score goals mm. no disrespect to them but they are weaker than a lot of the team, uh, teams in the championship. Mm. Nathan Baker on a free transfer from Bristol City. Um, again, uh, competition at centre back. I'd like to have two players for every position. Yeah, good left so, foot centre half as well. <clears throat> Quite so like him, him and Naby Sar up competing with Hall and Fry for centre back. And then finally, uh, a name that's been mentioned a lot in the last uh, couple of transfer windows, Famara Jeju from uh, Bristol City, free transfer. Yeah, there's some good signs, I think. And realistically, I think Jeju is a, a, a big one. I think you. you 
appreciate he's been linked quite heavily with us and you'd think that Borough would try and make that deal work. I don't think financially it made sense for us to get him in January, but if we can get him, great. I think Nathan Baker's a good sign in six what six foot three, six foot four. Um you know, every time I've seen him, yeah, he has been bullied by Brit a couple of times, but it's a relatively strong sign. I remember back in the day, I'll say back in the day, about four seasons ago, where... <laughs> 2003. 2003, yeah, where on fever, he'd, be, he'd go up to a decent potential, and then, like, a football manager is exactly the same, but from there, you thought he was going to progress quite quickly, and I don't think he has as, as much. Um, but there's some fairly decent signs. I think there's a couple on there I'm going to come back to. I think Mendes Lang and Adam Reach. Where do you see Adam Reach playing? Um, because do you see him as a, as a winger when he left the club, or do you see him now in this more of a, a cam position, I'd or do you see him in the time or kink position where he played a right wing and just try and ping one from forty yards? <laughs> <laughs> I'd see him as as a left winger, um, but one who can cover at cam if if we want to put, uh, play that system. Mm. The the kind of depth chart that I have out as next season would be Balassi and Reach as left wingers, and Mendes Lang and what more on the right wing. Yeah, it's it's financially, I think Balassi could be a bit too much. I like Balassi to stay. I think he'd, he'd do the job for one more year. Um, I, I think it de- what depends. Wants, so, I mean, he, he's 31. Really like he's him, he's yeah. not going to get the same wage as he was on at Everton anywhere else yeah. at this stage of his career. Yeah, to be fair, he must be on like what? He must be on like 60, 70 bags. 80 bags a week. Surely. He's got to be. I mean, <laughs> not, not your pay for, if you sign for Everton on like a twenty-five to twenty-seven million pound deal, surely. Yeah, must be. You've got to be on that much. I can't see Borough forking out more than. <laughs> I can't see us pretty much spending more fifteen, twenty k. Even if we did get him, it'd have to be a short-term kind of deal. Like, like I said, he's thirty-one. No disrespect to him, but he's, any footballer at that age is kind of coming towards the end of the career, especially if you're you're a winger. He has been effective in, in bits and pieces for us this season. I appreciate he's not kind of fully match fit. Um, but, yeah, you, you'd think if we can offer him a, a decent enough deal, uh, you know, he might stay around for a season or two. Yeah, well, he seems to have fitted in quite well, and I, I really do like Balassi. Um, and it's not just because he follows us on Twitter or anything like that. It's just <laughs> I actually genuinely like him as a footballer. I think he looks, he looks... He still looks really tiny, and he still looks like he's got a bit about him, but I feel like... Like you're right, Tom. I think it has to be short term because I can't see us getting the best out of Yannick Balassi now. Um, but Dana, we'll, we'll come on to you. We'll, we've got some good signings there from from Tom. I think there's some, you know, very Neil Warnock signings as well. And when you look at Tom's football manager's uh, career modes and stuff like that, <laughs> you should see the football he plays. It's very much long ball in the channels and hope for the best. So realistically, I think you're on the money there, Tom. But Dana, where, where do you want to go? Are you going to go Continental or are you going to go Championship? Or? A little bit of both, but I'm going into the land of delusion, I think, because <laughs> for most of these, I can't see... Uh, I've only had six more. pints. You know? <laughs> <laughs> pints of water. But my first one is uh, Josh Cormer, a, a player that Borough fans know already from this season, scored against us in November. Um, he's actually been out with an injury for the majority of the season. He's due back this month. Um, but he plays on the left-hand side. He likes to cut inside and get shots off. That's what we saw. That was the situation that he scored from against us at, at um, the John Smith Stadium. Uh, 51 shots this season, so he's not the traditional winger that will uh, get out wide, get around the full-backs and whip crosses in. He very much is, like Tom always says, the, the Iron Robin of the Championship and Iron Robin type player, I guess, in that he, he wants to cut in and get shots off. Um, six goals in 16 games this season before his injury and he has a goal threat out wide and that's what Borough need. I mean there's a lot of talk about Borough not having a 20 goal a season striker but I don't think we need one. I think we just need players that will chip in in different positions and one of the major criticisms of Borough when you look into the um, the lack of goal scoring is that the midfielders aren't scoring enough, the defenders aren't scoring enough, the wingers aren't chipping in either so I think Josh Carmer would would take the box. No one scores enough. No one scores enough, yeah. Since <laughs> Bernie Slave in 1990, last 20 goal of the season, striker Jesus in the league, Christ. obviously Ravinelli scored, I think, 30 in one season. I think we weren't even was born there. then, were we? Ni- you, yeah, you weren't. No, 1990. Oh, 1990, all right, yeah, no, yeah, okay. I was, was going to say, yeah, none of us were born, yeah. yeah. Back all days in the air. Jesus, some. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my next player is um, Elias Chair from, from QPR, player that we, we will find out more about when uh, when we play them whenever that will be I know it's being rescheduled that game but a player that I think 
it plays in a position where Bourne need to take the heat off Tav because when Tav hasn't played this season, we've missed him and he's a big influence on the team. I think that's reflected on when Tav is in the team, typically we win. Um, so Elias Chair's got eight goals and three assists this season. I was actually looking at his um, expected assists before the Easter um, games. I couldn't get an updated list of this, but his uh, um, expected assists, sorry, stood at seven. And at that point, he was on one assist. So someone mm-hmm. at QPR is quite clearly fluffing loads of chances, probably Lyndon Dykes, to be fair, um, but should be on a lot more assists this season. You know, um, A creative player, but the criticism of him is that he's a little bit rough around the edges and, and often makes the wrong uh, decision but competition for Tav I think is is much needed um, and he's a big crosser of the ball as well uh, most in the division with 245 1.6 key passes per game um, if you compare that to Bora's best which is Tav on, on 1.3 I think he'd be a, a very astute signing only problem with those two players we will never be able to sign them I don't think I think obviously championship to championship they'll want a big fee yeah and QPR as well my underrated team for next year. I'm gonna. Yeah. I know we only wait until the this you know the season preview podcast, but I think QPR could be the team. They could well be, to be fair. But yeah, moving on. Um, Charlie White, Sunderland. I think it makes complete sense for Borough <laughs> to go in for Charlie White. He's got um, well, he's the second top scorer in League One this season with 23 goals. Um, great hold up player. Fits the Warnock uh, way. <clears throat> and uh, looking into that. Jesus Christ, get some water. You're right, Dana. But whilst you're down on your pint of water, um, (laughs) Charlie Wake's an interesting one because for me, like, I wonder if if he's on his level. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's a good argument. Because there's some players that absolutely thrive in certain divisions, i.e., Cameron Jerome, fantastic in the championship, great in the lower leagues. As soon as he hit the Premier League, he was anonymous. Yeah, Cameron Jerome syndrome. Cameron Jerome syndrome, yeah. So it could be that. Bamford was the same until, obviously, this year with, with Leeds. So it'd be interesting, but sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, he's in his prime at the moment. He's 28, and, and just looking into that before my f- uh, voice died on me, um, 11 of his 23 goals this season have been from headers, and I think that's the type of player that Borough need in the box because, again, a big criticism of Borough's attacking output is that we just don't gamble. There's nobody in there that for these high crosses can get on the end of. So Charlie Wright, for me, would be a, a no-brainer free agent as well. Um, Borough lad, Borough fan. Simon Wilkinson's once. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in red car. And, uh, yeah, I think he'd love to come back back to Borough and just, I don't know, have another opportunity because he was, uh, I think we let him go in 2015, so I think he would be a, a great signing. Um, to my point about um, an experienced centre-half to just add some competition and depth, I think Tom Lees of Sheffield Wednesday, I know people will be like, oof, because, you know, they're probably pinned on for relegation. Um, but he's out of contract in the summer, so it's a deal that probably makes sense. Um, and this season's been a little bit rocky for him. Probably as many bad displays as good, but given how their campaign has panned out, I think that could be expected. But nonetheless, a very seasoned performer. I think we need an experienced defender with championship um, experience and know how um, if Fry's injured or, or Grant Hall's injured, because another problem with Boroughs this season has been when Fry's been injured. So I think we need competition there. Uh, and a player that was on my transfer wish list last season and is still on it this season is uh, Serdar Dursen from Darmstadt. Um, adding the goals again, 17 goals this season, 7 assists as well, so 24 goal contributions in 26 games. And to add to it, he's out of contract in the summer. So can we finally get him, please? I know this is a proper FIFA career mode <coughs> dream signing, yeah. but you know, I, I think... From what I've seen of, of uh, Dursen, and I do watch uh, a, a bit of German football, is that he, he, he will fit the one way because he's he is a hold-up striker, he's a goal scorer, but he's also very technical as well. And I think that's sort of the type of player that, that Warnock will want, a little bit like a Kiefer Moore. Um, and Derby willing with a move for him in January, I remember. So you never know, it could, could be a, a deal that Borough could do. Players in a Darmstadt team that has sort of struggled for consistency this season, they're 12th out of 18. Um, teams and he's accounted for fifty one percent of uh, of their goals. So, you know, we we need a striker. Yeah, with that, I, I quite agree. I agree with you on on the final signing. I think it makes absolute sense. So that's why it definitely won't happen. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like, but I think come back on Charlie Wake. Do you think that Sullen, given where Sullen are, I think the top of the league one at the moment or the second now. Uh, after the, the games over the weekend, but 
do you think Sunderland would even let him go if they were promoted? Do you know what I mean? Letting a 25 goal a season straight <laughs> go, you know, just got new owners, there's more finances that will come in. He's worked with Lee Johnson, given him the confidence there, he's given him game time. Can you see it? I don't know. I, I don't know what the noises are from Sunderland, to be fair, in regards to his contract. I, I don't We've got a lot of players out of contract too. We've got got like about 15 players out of contract or something daft like that. Yeah, I suppose it depends on why. Because if Boris signal interest early, I can kind of see him being swayed because surely to God you can't turn down going back to Borough. I would, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see Neil Warnock playing a master in that five foot seven, can you? And see him trying to play a man. (laughs) I can see him playing yours, he just sits off you. Well, yeah, I'm not, I couldn't see it happening to me. And I'm, obviously, I'm not a centre forward, so... <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean, though? I couldn't, I couldn't see it happening. It'd be interesting. I think that... I don't I, I don't think Charlie Wyke would come. I don't think he would come to the club, I don't think. It's, uh, I think if you go up with Sunderland, you know, you're, you're the main man. Uh, I don't know. And also, he's never played in the Championship either, so it's like kind of... Yeah, it's true, but I suppose he's... The, the argument is, is he earned the move up? And if Sunderland do bottle it and and don't go up, then I think it's a no-brainer yeah. on both both sides, I yeah. think. If they bottle it, yeah, I agree with you. And then you could probably get one of the cheap and hopefully it, it would work out with some decent signings there. Though, then I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with those. But the, we've we've suggested quite a lot of names there and I feel like no one's going to buy this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll go to mine, shall I? Um, I'll start off with goalkeepers first. And I'll work, work, is work this a long pitch. list? Um, there is quite a few, uh, but I feel it's a like new twenty-five man squad up. <laughs> it's just like new squad, new identity, and everything. <laughs> um, but three goal season, you me. I went. Th- <laughs> I went with three goalkeepers that Jesus two were on on a free and one you can get on loan. The one on loan, he conceded sixteen goals on his debut for Borough anyway. It was Jamal Blackman, um, but I feel like it'd be quite good. To, you know, he's looking for that to establish himself now as a first team player. So can make sense if we can potentially bring him back in and then I went with two experienced goalkeepers I went with Wayne Hennessy and I went with John Ruddy and they're both 34 mm. and I feel like we gave we gave Dimmy a chance at 38 so John Ruddy I think makes absolute sense great championship experience mm. you know he's coming to the end of his uh, career at Wolves you know one last hurrah maybe or it could even be a second choice keeper or to help if you if safe like for whatever reason we went oh you know what Saul Brin's my number one this year um, you know it gives someone experience but then it just makes if we put Saul Brin as keeper as the number one keeper next year why did we sell Ainsley Pears and don't get me wrong like I didn't yeah. think Ainsley Pears was that good anyway but come on like what was the point in this um, but it's anyway just, it's the same with I know we've been linked with Oxford's Jack Stevens but I think before yeah. December he didn't have a he didn't have many senior appearances for them so. Sort of like I do agree with. I think we need an experienced yeah. goalkeeper. And then I've got two unlikely signings for goalkeepers who of who I'd potentially want, um, but they would never ever happen in a million years. But standing the age as goalkeeper, Arnold Bonner, uh, Arnold Bonner, <laughs> he's twenty two year old. His breakthrough season this year, and he's playing the Europa League and obviously in, in, in the J Pro. And I, I really like him, um, given that you know I follow on Delek, so it's like uh, yeah, I, I just had a quick look at him. I think you know what. He's he's fairly decent and young. He's you know he's he's looking. Yeah, he's yet to sign an extended deal. He's out of contract in the tw- end of twenty twenty two season. I couldn't get the numbers out. There. <laughs> um, so it might be you know something that we could potentially look at. And then there's finally this gang's goalkeeper. And I don't. I I think I'm going to put my name. I'm going to throw out there. But I think he's going to be a sensational goalkeeper in the next about five six years. Um, it's Martin Van der Vaart. Um, FIFA career mode legend. Yeah, from from Genk, and I thought oh, this could be just one of these FIFA things where, like, you know, where there's, <laughs> you know, they make someone like ninety nine rating and they never yep. like come to fruition. But this guy, he's 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 started to come through this year, and he looks really solid for Genk. And I don't think that he's going to be an established goalkeeper for like the next season or so. But when he does come in. I think they've got a very, very good goalkeeper there, and I wouldn't be surprised if he came at, like to the Premier League or a higher division or higher like standard of league in the coming years. I think he's absolutely solid. Um, the only thing I would probably say about him, he's got a little bit of David de Gea about him, where like he's a little bit light, and you know he could mm. get bullied off the ball and the physicality of the English game. It might struggle against it, but technically he looks fairly solid. I feel like such a scout, by the way, and like no, no, two <laughs> goalkeepers. Um, but then I went to defenders. Um, 
I had Sarah Malist as well, Tom Sorgo. But then I also had uh, Jake Clark Salter at Chelsea. He's at Birmingham this year and he hasn't really impressed too much. Oh my God, he was the one that annihilated Adama Traore, wasn't he? He was, In yeah. the, the Tuesday derby. I'm not supposed to say that, apparently. It's not a Tuesday derby. Uh, well, it's not a derby, so it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, he was very, very good. Um, and I feel like he hasn't really established himself at Birmingham this year. He's played 30 odd games, but like, you know, he hasn't really. He's, when he's playing, when you're playing with Harley Dean, and he turns like a bus as well. So it's like, <laughs> and you've got George Friend on the other side, and you're like, hmm, I'm not really going to get enough pace. Who turns like a lorry? Yeah, who turns like a lorry? Um, so yeah, I feel like he struggled a little bit this year, but a good sign all around. All around. Then you've got Luke Garbett as well, who was formerly at Everton, and actually didn't even know who he was. And then, uh, <laughs> but I don't know who you are, Luke. So you come in for for me at left back, and that would probably push. Um, you know, Mark Waller as well. Moving to midfield, I've got. I'll be quick with these ones. I've got Junior Bakuna, um, Huddersfield's out of contract, 23 year old, very technically good, their most creative player at Huddersfield this year. Got Adam Reese as well, Tom. Alan Halijevic, um at Birmingham. Show. Um, he was at, obviously, Barcelona for a few years. Couldn't really establish himself, came uh, Birmingham. And then Birmingham fans actually really like him, but I don't know if he's going to fit in the lead boys. Plans. And then you've got uh, John Torral as well as more of a defensive midfielder. Helps with, with the coverage of Johnny Housen, who's probably his legs are going to start teetering away probably next year. Um, and then I've also said if we can try and get Mendes Lang and Marvin Johnson back, then perfect. My dream signing would be Francis, Francis Amuzu at Underlecht. I what really, really like him. Like, honestly, I don't know how he's not been tipped for a move yet. Like, him and Sam Conga, the superb signings. And I just think... Vincent Company needs to like give him a more time. He just, for whatever reason, he sees him more as an impact player, and I don't. Every time he comes on the pitch, Underlecht play better. Um, and you know, he creates chances for Lucas Nemetcher for goodness sake. Like, if you can create <laughs> chances for Lucas Nemetcher to score and be one of the top one of the top scorers in the J Pro, then God, you can do anything. Um, and then finally, um, if we go down the loan route, um, Tariq Yuaka, Tariq Yuaka, um, he's on loan at Accrington Stanley this year. Um, and he's just starting to come through. I feel like could, I don't I don't can't see him as more of like a Mason Mount type of signing. You know where we went to die. Mm. But I feel like it'd be a good little winger to have. But then it's like kind of saying, well, if we're bringing him on loan, why aren't we playing Falarin? Do you know what I mean? And, and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Falarin's not ready already. Oh, he's not ready. But then if we brought in a twenty-one-year-old from Chelsea on loan, and then we had a twenty-one-year-old, and sorry, I don't know if Falarin's twenty-one, but he's you know. Yeah, 1920. Yeah, and fans are going to be like, oh, why are we doing that? You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, the, see, the, I hear that all the time, and I do think it's a valid argument, but this, I think there's a different standard, isn't there? Or there could potentially yeah. be a different standard to, um, you know, Chelsea are in the Premier League 2 Division 1, uh, but we're in Premier League, well, the second division. So, different standard, different quality of players coming through. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but then I've got the centre forwards. Um, I've got Ike Ukbo. Um, he's playing in the JPO this year for uh, Circle Bruges and 15 goals, and they're not, they haven't been doing very well either. And I feel like your young English centre forward look, looking for a next stage of development, championship could be a standard. Fairly decent, but I can't see him as being a Neil Warnock signing, which is a shame because he's, he's pacey, you know, he gets in there on the box. And that would really frustrate me because we don't do any of that. Um, <laughs> then I've went with Jamie Patterson of Bristol City. He's Good annihilated us every season he's played as, uh, uh, at the Riverside, so therefore he'll do terrible uh, for us when he signs. <laughs> the right Jason Newell effect. The Jason Newell effect, yeah. <laughs> I've got Deirdre, uh, which you mentioned there, Tom. Uh, I've got two strikers from League One. I've went with Luke Jeffcott, um, 16 goals this season, 21-year-old at, at Plymouth. Uh, with Jerry Yates as well, who's a 24-year-old, who's joint third top goal scorer with Charlie White. His strike partner, Ellis Sims, is a decent shout. But And mm-hmm. I was looking at him the other day um, on loan from Everton. I think he's one of the top scorers in the um, Premier League One Division One. Um, but the only problem with him is he's probably more of a sort of Chubrat-Pom-esque signing. Yeah. In the, like, the style of play, and Borough just... No. no. For, for those players that, you you know, they want to play him behind, it's no go. Yeah, true. And then I finally, I went with one signing who I know Denny you don't approve of, um, and I don't <laughs> think I don't think he's going to be a first. I don't think he's going to be a first team striker anymore. Well, for not first team, but like a, a starter. But he's on a free, and uh, what with Troy Deeney, thirty-two year old, scream! It screams David Nugent. 
screams David no, Nugent. Did, no, because David Nugent could run. Yeah, but you know, Boris strikers don't run. You don't need them to run. You just <laughs> hit true. him. Do you know what I mean? That's what just ping the crosses into the box yeah. and up the stud. I'm going to throw out there. I think I think Troy Deeney would be a half decent signing, just given that he's on a free, and then appreciate wages will probably be astronomical. Like, but you know, could be a, a fairly decent signing for us. Um, not but, for me, Jeff. I know, not for you, Dana. But you never know. But <laughs> we'll come in. Uh, we'll come back to the goalkeeper then, Dana, because Dejan Stjanovic, um, you pulled a tweet up last week around his current performances uh, for St. Pauli. The stats weren't really in his favour but you've done a bit of research with some of the fans yeah and um, I spoke to Ben Brave uh, St Pauli on the sea and really glowing um, report about Stjanovic because I know we've got a piece going out tomorrow about it so um, there'll, there'll be more within that but he's really contributed to their upturning form this season and they were massively struggling when Dejan Stjanovic came in and he saved them a, a lot of points. I do believe they're placed eighth now um, in, in Bundesliga's vice. So they've done really well since he, he came in. And um, you know what? I, I'm going to throw it out there. I do actually want to see Dejan Sjanovic more next season because surely we can't let him go. Surely we can't bring him in. I mean, the poor guy came in, made his debut with Charlton, which was the last game that, that saw fans decorating all the stands. And then Covid struck. So, and was then it? he was that, was, yeah. that his, was that his debut? That was his debut, no. yeah. No. You're having me on. I'm 90% sure it was, nah. yeah. I feel like I remember it. Didn't he make a couple of like really decent saves mm. that day and BBC T's were absolutely buzzing over him? Yeah, I, I'm sure that was his debut. And <clears throat> the last thing that Neil Warnock said about him was that he wanted to go home and see his family at Christmas. Oh, <clears throat> and that obviously he couldn't because of COVID, but I, I do want to see him next season. I think I, I don't want Boris to give up on Dejan Sjanovic because clearly from the report that we got back from Ben... He's been performing really well and I think he just needs confidence and it's it's been tough for him because he's coming to a different country away from his family. There's a global pandemic that's that's been brought about and then he's gone he's gone away. So I, I think we need to give him more time and more trust, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Dejan Stjanovic, and he looked fairly decent, didn't he, at the back end of last year when the when the COVID season resumed again and I'd be interested to see what we want to do with him. Um, it's interesting that we brought in Jordan Archer as well uh, for the end of the season. And we've got a question about him, funny enough, from James Carr. Um, he said, surely it's time to give Archer a few games to see if he can be called upon. Uh, would you like, would be a good backup option for the next season. Uh, but, but I want to see him in action again. Do you think Borough could probably keep Jordan Archer and then bring in Stjanovic and then you've got, there's your two goalkeepers for next season. Do you see that as more of a realistic possibility, Dana? Potentially, yeah. I mean, as much as Jordan Archer's pretty much my sleep paralysis demon from that game against Sunderland, <laughs> um, I do actually want to see him give him more of an opportunity towards the end of the season because he could well be our number two next next year out of contract and all better than Elias as well. But I do think we need options in that um, goalkeeping position, Don. So there you go. There it is. <laughs> I said it earlier, and it was in my head. I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it!" <laughs> Don. Don. <laughs> but yeah, I would actually like to see him because there's there's nothing to play for now. So you may as well try. I mean, I know you're saying that players are playing for their futures, but Bettinelli's, I think, already pretty much decided his future uh, for yeah. the majority of the season. I mean, if you'd seen Twitter yesterday, I probably wouldn't have went on it because there was a lot of abuse. I mean, yeah. we need, probably need to stop the abuse, but I don't, all we tweeted was Mark Spenley discuss, and it was just like, bang, 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 bang. I was like, oh, right, okay, well, <laughs> this is not good. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is not this, this isn't. This is not good. Um, delete that tweet. And then uh, <laughs> ne- next question, Tom, we've got from Danny Beermore, he says, did January halt our form? Have the loan signings uh, hand on heart really made a difference? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was particularly down to, to the loan signings uh, halting our form or, or anything like that. I feel like we ran out of steam in January, definitely. I think, um, obviously, it's a, it's a season like no over this one with the, the fixture schedule being so congested. You know, absolutely heroic effort from the players we had to, to make it through to, to January with as little injuries as possible. Um, but then, yeah, we've we've went on a bit of a January sl- uh, slump when the the steams ran out, and the loan players have, have made a little bit of difference in in bits and pieces, but not the difference we were all hoping for. I think I think uh, after after that January slump, it's 
it's been hard to to get confidence back up and and get get the team playing the the way they were at the the start of the season. You know, bad performances, bad refereeing performances, and stuff like that all all came into effect over over January and February. And I, f- I think it's just taken its toll mentally on on the team. And then you get into this part of the season where you know, a few games ago, all we needed was like a big push, big concerted effort to try and get into the playoffs. Ideally, you'd need like at the end of that promotion season where Karanka came back and we didn't lose for ten games. That's what you'd have needed to get into the playoffs. But then you've you've got a lot of players who don't seem asked at the moment. Um, you know, particularly the ones that that are out of contract at, at the end of the season. So, yeah, I, I think um, because of that, it, it's time to kind of like just nothing to play for. Let's go again next season after we've rebuilt. But yeah, uh, I, I think that that's impacted how much of an impact the the January loan signings have been able to have. Yeah, it's a shame that they haven't because I feel like it's probably one of the best windows we've had in, in a long time and it just never really materialised to be something something special. But at the end of that January January window, I was like, hey, you know, I'm a bit worried here. Like, we could actually get, we could actually go up and have to get a tight on my backside. So, um, <laughs> so with, with that, yeah, I'm a little disappointed with the signings in, in the end. But I feel like they've been, the Balassi and Cabano and the they've been okay additions. We've just, like you've said in there, Tom, we, I don't think we've, We've stepped into gear, and I think that's just through probably a, a number of different factors. Um, well, the next question, Tom, we'll keep with you. And he says from Patrick Carey, he says on the weekend of the Masters, what's a par position in in the league for Borough, and are Warnock and the team over or underperforming? Comparisons to last year's league positions are not acceptable. Take I said earlier, I think that we've probably overachieved this year anyway. Um, I think that we're relatively. Where I think we've over, I kind of feel like I'm in the boat of, have we overachieved, or are we where we should be? Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, because I know Patrick saying it's not an acceptable answer, but where we were last year and how poor we were last year. <laughs> unacceptable. I know answer. it's like it's like uh, I don't know where we are, but um, I'm going to say we've overachieved this year. There we go. That's my answer. I'm going to say we are pretty much in a par position this year because if you look at it since we've come back down to the championship other than last season and you know the two seasons under Pulis and this season being around the same position obviously we've got the playoffs the first season then was it 7th or 8th the season after um, then bottom half last season and then what 8th or ninth this season yeah I'd say we're probably around where we deserve to be I think last season was a one-off we had an inexperienced manager trying to play a different style of football and it kind of backfired massively. Um, but with the squad that we have, I think this is around the position we, we should be. Yes. Um, next question, Tana, uh, from Paul Mack, and he's asked this a couple of times, but it says, not related to today's game, but in recent years when coaches or senior figures within the club leave, the roles are like sacked. Why is there no announcement from the club, like I, Venus, Agnew, Jordan, Leo, Gill, spring of mind, strange goings on. Do you think Borough have to be in a position to announce those things or does it really matter? I suppose if they announce that they've come in, it makes more logical sense to announce when they've left. Because, I mean, the, the George Jordan one in particular, I mean, he came in, blinked and then left. So, yeah, true. It, yeah it's a weird one. I can't really answer that question because I don't I don't really know the ins and outs. Um, there's, there's just There doesn't seem to be much communication falling through from the club in, in that respect. Yeah, it's it's just it's one one of those where I think that I don't know, Borough don't really have to announce it to be honest. It's not like a major sign, is it? You know what I mean? Like George Jordan leaving, like it's not gonna, it's not going to like be on the back page of the news. Didn't you, he get on, an on injury? What George Jordan? Sure, he got an injury because no, no, because it was it was funny because um, well, not funny, but it was <laughs> slightly ironic <laughs> that um, Leo got injured, didn't he? I think he did his. Um, Achilles or something. Leo, Leo got injured, and then George Jordan came in, and then he got injured. What was so he the, doing? I thought it was the goalkeeping coach after Leo that, that had got injured. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was Eric Steele, wasn't it? Yeah, that was him. Tom's on the money. Fake but news from another me. leg injury. Gee, gee, honestly, like where? What are we doing? Launching bricks at our goalkeepers, apparently. <laughs> Quite no, no wonder Petanelli's petrified. <laughs> With a goalkeeping care. You can dodge a brick. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Quite clearly, given Bettinelli's recent performances, that's what must be doing. Um, <laughs> but the final question, um, we've alluded to it earlier in the podcast, Dana, but 
said, did Warnock, uh, for Tom Chris, and he said, did Warnock throw in the towel too early with his negative comments uh, and then forks on for next season? Not even competing now and getting beat off teams that are no better than us. I want to throw out there. I think the teams that have been beaten off the last few games are better than us. Like, yeah, they, I mean, they're, yeah. Be- they're better than us, but earlier on in the season, take Barnsley out of the equation because I think Barnsley are a completely different team now than what they were when we played them at the Riverside. But against Watford, first game of the season, we competed really well in that game against them. And I think arguably we should have got a point from that game. I think Watford fans will, will tell you the same. Bournemouth as well, I think I thought we competed really well against them at the Riverside. Probably could have got more out of that one as well. But for the, the, the sloppy goal that we conceded. But we just we, I don't think we've been really competing as much in the last couple of games. So I understand your point that they are better teams than us. But the application has just been off. And I think Warnock's team selections have been weird. Um, playing Chew Ratpom yesterday when... Um, it's just not his style of play. Playing what more up front on his own. I know he's he's got limited uh, options got, in the he's sense. He's got limited options, Dan. So yeah, in the sense that I know I said earlier, don't play Fletcher and, and Britt. But even so, I think the team selections have been a bit bit strange for me. Um, you know, playing Nathaniel Mendes Lang at Bournemouth, which was not the game to play Nathaniel Mendes Lang. I don't think um, he looked like Ali Deer play, trying to play football. It was just. Ugh. Like I feel for him because it's obviously he's been um, out of action for a while, but it was just not the the time to play a rusty player. And <laughs> yeah, I just think his performance, uh, sorry, his, his team selections of later being a little bit strange. His tactics as well, I think, have, have been equally as strange. Ali Dia was such a strange sign to throw back at me there. Like I was so confused, <laughs> I was so confused. Um, but let's let's move on. Uh, let's chat about QPR and appreciate the game has been is going to be rescheduled uh, following the death of Prince Philip but we'll chat about it anyway um, and they are probably one of the most informed teams of the championship this well in the second half of the season but they haven't really uh, made a run for the playoffs so who wants to go first Tom do you want to take us in with the form yeah I've got the form there's no live game this week unfortunately so I can't do my Soccer Saturday parody again but uh, <laughs> yeah in the last five games they won three of them uh, it beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-1 yesterday but before that, lost 3-1 to Nottingham Forest. Uh, game before that, 3-0 win at home at Coventry. one all draw with Reading and 3-2 win against Millwall before that. So it does seem like they're in a, a decent bit of form at the moment. Um, you know, Even if they want to postpone it and push it back a couple of weeks, get, let them get a couple of losses before we play them, <laughs> that would probably help us out a little bit. But. Well, based on yesterday, I wouldn't mind if it was postponed and just <laughs> taken out the equation completely. 4 1, right? Was just it sim it. <laughs> <laughs> just sim it to end the season. Just sim it, yeah. Yeah, it was 4 1 against Sheffield. 4 1. So. Yeah, Dana, do you want to bring us on with any more analysis? Yeah, they they um, they played a different formation at the beginning of the season because they had Bright Say Samuel, who's since moved on. Um, they're now playing a, a 3 4 2-1 or they did in the last game against Sheffield Wednesday and given the departures of, of Eze and Royce Samuel I think Elias Chair who's obviously on my, my transfer wish list has stepped up massively there's still a long way that he needs to go but him and Chris Willock in the last game were very good together and I think of late they have been very good together just behind Lyndon Dykes who struggled this season I don't think um, he's made a se- any secret of that but he's been um, or he's, he's improved uh, certainly uh, of late and I think Elias Chair is definitely the player to watch I mean he's the second top scorer for, for them this season um, he's got three assists to his name as well so the most goal contributions with 11 um, he's, you know free uh, in terms of uh, key passes per game he, he tops that shots on target he tops that um, he's just a, a very good player and, and, and someone that I think is, is definitely worth worth watching but yeah, they're, they're obviously a team that did struggle earlier on in the season. I do seem to remember there were calls for Warburton to leave. Um, but from nowhere, I think they've, they've really come into their own. And um, yeah, they, they, obviously it's it's going to be a really difficult game against them. Um, we're really going to have to match their physicality. I think they've got Rob Dickey in defence, who I think was linked with us when he was at Oxford. Really good centre-half has improved a lot this season as well. Um, so good team that I think have, have really started to improve of late and um, we need to again match the physicality but also try to exploit those um, spaces in that back three well uh, whether we exploit them or not I don't really know but we're coming to predictions no. <laughs> um, how are you feeling do you think that 
it's a pretty much a nothing game and it's dead rubber because no team has anything to play for uh, which might work in Boris' favour and also might work in QPR's favour so I've got any predictions Tom do you want to go first? I feel like this might be the first time I've predicted the other team to win but I'm going to go QPR 2-0 QPR but no confidence for this game and Dana? I'm going to go one all, but uh, just a quick question actually, you said we've got nothing to play for, is this the first time, that, well the first time in a while that we've had nothing to play for at this stage of the season, because you remember last season it was relegation, yeah. safety, season before that playoff, season before that playoff, then we were in the Premier League and then seasons before that it was promotion then the playoffs so I think it's been a while hasn't it since we had nothing to play for yeah it's uncharted territory it's, it's uncharted territory <laughs> and it feels weird that we're in this position but I think that we are, if you put on your hand hand on heart start of the season if you said that Borough weren't going to have a get with like an important game to play for at the end of the season I think you probably would have took it to be honest I think if you said Borough going to finish mid-table after last year you know yeah all right I would I'll probably take I would probably took that uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one. I think that it doesn't really board well for anyone, to be honest. I don't think anyone's that bothered. Fans aren't that bothered. I think I'm not even that bothered. Um, and we, we lost a podcast and, like, <laughs> I was clutching at straws yesterday thinking, of what the hell am I going to write about the bands again? Um, or ask the questions around. But, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a difficult one. But, yeah, I think that I'm happy to be where we are in terms of, you know, the, like, play for nothing. But, Guys, yeah. I'm gonna go for my prediction. I'm gonna say I'm gonna, we did. I'm gonna go one all as well. I can't see. I can't see us picking up a win. A win to be honest. <laughs> Borough win five nil. <laughs> <laughs> so you can only hope. No, no, yeah. Avenge the bottle top incident. Oh, yeah. That was uh, yeah. Ravel Morrison as well, wasn't it? It was Ravel Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing and now look at him. Jesus. I, I think he's gonna get a club one. He, but he's he's training with yeah, someone, who, isn't he? Yeah. Who was he at? Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, guys. That's pretty much it. Thank you very much for joining me and thank you to the listener uh, for listening to us as well. We hope you enjoyed it. But that's it. Borough's season is done and dusted with five games to spare and with a lot of players going up the door. It'd be interesting to see where Neil Warner goes from here. Uh, this has been the Borough Breakdown Podcast and that was all your match day chatter in our pod. Coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Spots out.